Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's time for some music. Let's find some music. Music, music, music. How about this one? Oh, yeah. going on everybody and welcome to corner to corner wrestling radio i'm stan grub your host and we are joined by my tag team partner brian taylor what's up man what's what's good <clears throat> what do you know happy halloween dude happy freaking halloween yeah go suck it let's <laughs> go suck an egg <laughs> i want to say to all of those that are out there if your kids are dressed up as halloween that's awesome if you're dressed up with them, you're an idiot. No. Now, if it's cosplay is one thing, don't get me wrong. I have respect for my cosplay folks. But if you dressed up there just to go to something cute for your workplace, that's dumb. Well, I mean, really, though, think about it. It's cosplay and nothing but Halloween. I know, but like, why don't they give candy to the cosplayers? Well, if you walk up to the door, you probably get some. <laughs> Yeah, because they want to get this freaky <clears throat> adult who's wearing a Batman costume that's 400 pounds off their front step. Hey, bro. Hey, did you not get candy when you wore yours? I mean, it doesn't matter. Maybe the guy said my gut was sticking out. That's not the point. <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> the bat emblem was touching my chin, okay? <laughs> they don't make double extra fat ass for Batman. <laughs> but that's the joy of cosplay. True. Beef. I'm Fat Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. You know, I was just telling you before we went on the air, there's not a whole shit ton of news in wrestling this week, which is probably a good thing. I'm I'm becoming of the mind that no news is good news because every other other time there's a major story, it's like, Jesus, who's getting suspended now? Who got fired? You know, it's just a crazy wrestling world we're in right now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Some of the things that have gone on in the past couple of days, uh, one is kind of major, and we saw the beginnings of it on Wednesday night on Dynamite. The Elite, off of suspension, making their way back. It appears, with their with their return, that they're going to be coming in with kind of like a chip on their shoulder, angry that they were erased from AEW. Is what I gathered from that promo where you're like, what the hell was that? I think that's that's what the hell it was. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what they're doing with it. What did you think of it? Uh, I mean, I think you're probably a little off. Well, oh, yeah? Maybe. Maybe. All um, right, well, maybe. Hit me with it. What do you think it's going to be? Um, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know if they're going to come in with a chip on their shoulder and Maybe. I mean, as much as the Bucks can pull off because they suck at kayfabe. 
Well, I mean, so, but, uh, you know, again, that's the, that's the, that's the, that's, that's the thing, right? <clears throat> so, yeah. I mean, the problem is the three of them together probably weigh, you know, what, 200 pounds? <laughs> yeah, they're not big dudes. Although no. Kenny Omega's probably like 240. No, 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 no. No, no. 228. 220, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't really think they really strike fear mm-hmm. um, in anybody's hearts. Um, don't think they could pull off like the anti hero? We're here because we've got a grudge with Tony. No, I don't. No. Yeah, I just, I don't see. I mean, now maybe, maybe, maybe you get lucky and Adam Cole and, you know, is part of it too. And, you know, maybe some other sign, you know, people that may or may not have been signed are part of it too. Maybe they come in as a group with, you know, Malachi or Buddy or, you know, something like that to give them a little beef. So, I, you know, it's interesting because this one kind of slipped under the radar, except for me and Shane, who posted it like four times in the corner to corner chat. Uh, Malachi Black posted on Twitter a little, uh, little teaser video for the House of Black. Looks like he's on his way back. So all, all of you guys that said, oh, no, he's done with AEW. I'm thinking you're about to have a whole lot of egg on your face. Well, yeah, but I mean, a lot of egg on your face. I, fi- I find that uh, most of the bobbleheads sooner or later get egg on their face. Bobbleheads. See, that is a magic word. That, that sir, is a magic word. And let me tell you why. Mm-hmm. So I'm on Twitter all the time. We know this. I love Twitter. It cracks me up sometimes. Sometimes it makes me mad. It's just one of those things. Mm-hmm. Well, yesterday I'm on Twitter and I see Rebel pop off at this fan. I'm like, what the hell is she going off about? And apparently, so AEW had posted a uh, a title match, advertised a title match between Jade Cargill and Marina Shafir. Mm-hmm. So uh, John Doe, we'll call him. No, screw that. What's his name? JD <laughs> from New York. Well, there Who's... we go. Let's just... Let's give the bobbleheads what they want, right? They want forty-five thousand followers. This guy, forty-five thousand. Okay. So Make he some com- expert, but let's. Yeah. So he uh, he sits there and he says, "Oh, please God, no." So the first thing that happens, and this is why I love Twitter, is Jade Cargill pops off and says, "Calm down, Mark. We can hear you from your basement." Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, Brian. I know I've been very vocal and said I wasn't a big Jade Cargill fan, but this weekend, I got to tell you, that bitch made me that fan. <laughs> that bitch. That's there right. Because, wow. I mean, yeah. I may not like her in-ring work. And, and she, let's be honest, she's getting better, so I'm not, like, trying to bury her. But I love seeing bobbleheads get what they got coming to them. I do. I love it. So this guy, he he does YouTube shows and podcasts, and he's he's I'm gonna give him his due. He's got a hell of a following, but it's basically a following of just mouth breathing idiots, like the ones that are like, "Oh, Disco Inferno, so smart." These kind of guys, right? Mm-hmm. 
And so he goes off on this rant where he's like, nobody respects women's wrestling. Nobody cares. You guys suck. Marina Shafir sucks. I mean, by the way, Marina Shafir does not suck. I don't know where he got that thought process, but that way off the mark. Hey, you only know, you only know where he got that thought process? Hit it. Uh, hey, uh, Marina, uh, here's your walking papers. You're no longer employed by the WWE. <gasps> no! Yeah. Wait, he's a WWE. And, and, and that's where he lost his mind. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I'm not saying she's the best. However, I really don't think she's terrible. To the point I would run her down. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, but but again, it, it's so convenient when, you know, they leave a place that you just try and run them down, you know, because you know if they were still there, you'd be rooting for them. He probably would. Not only would he be doing that, he'd be like wearing a Bloodline t-shirt. He'd be throwing the ones up, talking about Seth Rollins is the greatest of all time. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Because this guy, he, oh. I give I give people an opportunity, and when I hear or see a, a podcast or a video show like, like Fightful does, you know, I usually give it a few minutes to kind of listen to it and see if it's interesting. Because mm-hmm. everybody, everybody listens to the, the ones we all know about, right? So you're going to listen to Conrad Thompson's podcast. You're going to listen to Orange – well, Orange come on to Conrad's. But you're going to listen to, like, uh, Kevin Nash, his podcast. You're going to listen to these ones because these are big stars. Mm-hmm. So this guy's a really vocal fan. He's just – he's always screaming. He's yelling just, like – and cussing. Like, not just cussing a little, like a lot. Like, every other F-bomb – there's another word in there. Like, it's crazy. But he's just, he just goes on. He decides that he's, this is the hill he's going to die on. He just goes off. And Britt Baker calls him out, says he's a sexist pig, and basically that he's getting laughed at by the girls in the locker room. Rebel says the same thing. Sonny Kiss claps back at him. Jade pops in again. Ty Conti, Ty Guevara now, uh, pops off into the comments as well. I mean, it's wrestler after wrestler. And then Jonathan Gresham. Bless that little guy's soul. He decides to jump in there. I mean, I saw a couple responses to it where people were like, why is everybody hopping off on this guy, this podcaster? You know, it's kind of messed up that these these wrestlers, professionals, have such thin skin. And I thought, you know, man, that, that could be kind of right. I get it. I see why somebody would say that. But then there's the other obvious part of, well... Just because you have freedom of speech doesn't mean you're the only one with freedom of speech. If I don't agree with your opinion, if, I don't know, Jade Cargo, or if she wanted to, Marina Shafir, doesn't agree with what you've said, mind you, this isn't the first time this guy's been called out. This is just the one that's probably gained the most traction in the past couple of years. Um, You can't cry out in the wilderness and start tagging all these people and not expect them to respond back. As a matter of fact, telling them that your DMs are open so you can talk it over really cries of desperation. And I just thought it was just damn funny. And yeah, Jade Cargill won another fan. There you go. 
Well, I mean, you know, again, at the end of the day, you know, I, I don't really care, like, what your numbers are, right? Yeah. Because there's a lot of people out there that may have heard one and, oh, this is a good show. And let me just click the like button or the subscribe button or whatever. But that doesn't mean he's got that many true subscribers. Right. Because I've done it a time or two on different social media places. Oh, yeah, I like this guy. Let me let me click subscribe or let me click, you know, like or follow or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then next week, I'm like, meh. They're not as good as I thought they were. And instead of unfollowing them or whatever... You just let it ride. So I'd be curious on a regular um, on a regular uh, you know podcast or you know regular Tommy stream that's not quite great um, how many active listeners he has mm-hmm. you know not 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 the residuals from other places. How many actual people turn in to listen to him spew? Mm-hmm. Well, plus it's easier to just hop on bandwagons. It's just sure. easy. You know what I mean? Oh, WWE is the best. They've been around the longest. Okay, cool. You know, nobody else has said that argument. We've never heard that original thought before. Like, what the hell, man? Like, dare to be different? You know, and anybody ever thought about this? Like, AEW doesn't have to be WWE. There's going to be stuff we don't like about every company. It doesn't matter which one it is. But, god damn, get a clue. Like, the sexism of women aren't capable of doing the same thing men can do, that died, like, in the late 80s, early 90s. And, and we're only now getting to the point where people are called out on the carpet for it, and I think it's awesome when somebody gets called out for being an asshole about it. Like, you can have your personal opinion. You don't think a woman can wrestle? That's your call. I don't necessarily agree with it, but okay. But at the yeah, same but again, time, though, what's that? Again, though, this this uh, he probably said it to get a rise. Oh, and it definitely worked. And yeah, it it, it worked exactly like it was supposed to, mm-hmm. right? And you know, again, that, that's that's the that's the problem about today's fan, mm-hmm. right? Is um. They think because they have access to social media, they can just flap their gums about whatever stupid asinine thing they have to say, mm-hmm. and that is important. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, in the past, before social media, you know, oh, yeah, no, Shawn Michaels is the best. No, Ric Flair is the best. Mm-hmm. You'd have an actual discussion. You wouldn't right. just, you know, be like, oh, no, uh, God, uh, Ric Flair's just a crotchy old man who shouldn't wrestle no more because, you know, he can't, you know. Oh, WWE sucks. You know, any time we had discussion between about wrestlers, did we ever bring the company in? Mm-hmm talking about one company is better than the other or I mean I don't think we've ever had a discussion that women shouldn't be wrestling and you know what I'm saying 
No, I think like, and, and one thing I'm proud of for our show is that we have always been a a, a person a group that has supported women's wrestling and complained when it was touted as anything but. Yeah, I mean, but you know, it's social media. Like yeah. he knows that he can't be punched in the mouth. So he's going to sit there in the comfort of his probably mom's basement and spew whatever nonsense he wants to spew, mm-hmm. right? But I bet you he wouldn't go on and on about on about Georgia, you know, Grace in front of Gresham. He was standing in front of Gresham and how women can't wrestle and all this stuff. And she's not only wrestling women and winning championships, she's wrestling men and winning championships. Yeah. You know, there's a certain type of bravado about doing that stuff on social media where you know you're not going to get punched in the mouth. Yeah, there's a lot of comfort with uh, a lot of people just typing out and saying what they want because they they know they're not going to get smacked in the mouth. There's definitely a lot of that. Too much comfort. Yeah. But again, that's, that's, that's the generation we live in. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, think about it. Back in the day, if you're on the playground and you said something stupid in front of somebody else, you're liable to get punched in the mouth. Yep. Well, when you live in your mom's basement, God, your, your whole life revolves around fucking talking stupid shit and telling lies and everything else. And Well, what else are you going to do? Right, right. And that, that's the, you know, the sadder part of that. It's sadder still because this is a person who is clearly dedicated more than, more than what we would consider normal amounts of time to an industry that he's not a part of outside of po- his podcast. Well, yeah, but again, though, I mean... If you're really like want to be a part of the business, you don't get on there and talk stupid shit like that. Right, right. You know, again, not only not only has Grace won male titles, but I mean, look at te- uh, Blanchard. Mm-hmm. You know, she held that title for I don't know a couple months, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Um, you know, the WWE. Oh, well, now they're starting to pick up on mixed tags. Mm-hmm. AEW does mixed tags. Other people are doing mixed tags. It's not going to be long before you really start to see women in singles matches against males. And and to the, to the initial point, Marina Shafir actually gave Jade Cargill one of her better matches the first time they faced off. No chemistry between the two of them beforehand because they had never been in the ring. And I've, I still think that Shafir gave her one of her better matches. So I don't know where these kind of uh, opinions come from. It's just silly to me. No, again, I mean, you're dealing with people that just they don't know any better. Yeah. And they think that because they hide, they can hide behind a keyboard. Mm-hmm. That you know it's okay, and God, they'll they'll never find me down here in the headquarters in my mom's <laughs> bed. You know? Mom, where's my hot pocket? So, I mean, it is. 
That is what it, the way it is. Yep, yep. Now, on the bobblehead train, Brawlout's investigation's officially over. I mentioned it a little while ago. Fresh from the investigation being concluded, well, we said the Elite's coming back. We'll talk more about that as we keep going forward here, but CM Punk, his camp, has uh, released further info stating that it wasn't it wasn't Punk throwing the first punch. It was Larry, the dog, getting smacked in the face with the door when the Bucks kicked it in and getting injured that caused this this entire thing to blow up. Well, so that's kind of interesting, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would I would fight you if you. Oh hell yeah! Oh. If my dog got smacked in the face with a door because some asshole was coming in there to try to talk smack, yes, absolutely, there'd be a problem. Yeah. And yeah, I might well, actually knock the dude in his mouth <laughs> or his eye. <laughs> Or fucking knock him out or bite him in the chest. Or... <laughs> bite him! Yeah. Ace bit a guy. I just need to have that. I just need to hit a button. And every time we talk about it, just hit that button. Ace bit a guy! <laughs> Do we have, can you get a sound bite of that from somebody? I'm, I'm going to have to look it up because I don't think I do it justice. i got to find like a Will Ferrell kind of <laughs> approach to it. <laughs> he had a trident! <laughs> <laughs> That's all I envision. It's like the it's the Ron Burgundy news crew brawl. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. <laughs> what are we yelling about? <laughs> I mean, it, you know what's sad, and 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 I say it all the time. I'm a huge CM Punk fan, but this is probably the way his career ends. Oh, I mean, we got a but... year of great matches with him. And now he's done because of this shit. Well, yeah, but let's let's think about this though, right? So if that is the case, mm-hmm. right? That um that he throws a punch because the poor dog got hit, right? Yeah. And no offense, but. I don't think that dog really needs to take so many more hits. <laughs> yeah, and he's not like a big dog. He's no. a little, little bitty thing. Like a, not a chihuahua, maybe like a like a pug? No, I don't know what you call that thing. I mean, that's <laughs> like that's like the damn dog from One Crazy Summer. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Shit. Like, <laughs> No, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I love animals, but yeah. Damn, that dog's ugly. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it literally can't take but so many more hits, right? Or that, that dog, you're going, I don't know, man. It'd be like win the contest for ugliest dog or something. <laughs> but no uh, that's wonder- it. Now you're going to get a lawsuit and a cease and desist from Punk. No, no. Make it fun on. of Larry, you son of a bitch. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but again, though, if. If I'm in the back and y'all come hard charging up there mm-hmm. and, you know, you goddamn fling the door open, you hit the dog. I mean, damn, back in the Wild West. Yeah, I mean, y'all would have got to throwing lead and everything else. 
So, but think about it. If that's truly the case, right, that the brawl started over the fact that you know, the dog got hit with the door, then that kind of changes. Uh, yeah. I'm not really forgiving any party involved for doing what they did, but it does kind of change the complexion of the melee that happened afterwards, you know? And I mean, maybe Kenny was, maybe that's why Kenny was going for the dog before goddamn Ace bit him. The, the best part of that about that is that's the part of the story that never changes. Right. Kenny was going for the dog to get it out of the way. Kenny Omega, right. a good Samaritan, upstanding citizen that he is. Right. <laughs> Punk, damn, I'm here to save the dog. <laughs> yeah, because damn Matt Jackson super kicked the door. Right, right. You know, then hit the dog. The pro- dog probably went sailing. Nick's dog probably, probably like, oh, damn. Yeah, Nick's like, oh, <laughs> damn. Yeah, the chair comes flying. He gets knocked out. Poor dog still up in the air while uh, Ace fucking bites somebody. <laughs> Probably had to go to the damn vet and get one of them cones on his head because, man, yeah, I'd be fighting over that too. So, but, but again, though, to me, it changes the whole dynamic. Yeah. Right? So you're not really, you can't really put fault. So you can still put fault on the Bucks for not being correct EVPs. Right? Because, mm-hmm. again, as EVP, they should have handled it different. Right? Can't just be hard charging up in people's locker room like that. I mean, Jesus right. Christ. I'm watching Tales from the Territory. If you were in, like, Jared's territory, you would have gotten knifed and shit. Yes! Yep. See, I was thinking exactly that. Back during the 80s, this kind of shit would have never happened. Oh, or if shit. it happened, somebody would have been out, like, blackballed out. No, well, no, I mean, I know they would probably have been dead. I mean, maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. Have you been watching that show? Yeah. Like, literally, they talk about, I mean, Jared ripped some dude's eyeball out. Which is nasty, by the I way, mean, to hear him describe it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're all the time talking about guns and... Mm-hmm. Guns, you know, drugs, and fighting. Yes, I mean, could you imagine if that was fucking like Dick Murdoch's dog? You rolled up in there oh. and kicked that way across the locker room, or Brody, or Bria Brody, Bruiser Brody or, would have fucked somebody up. Stan Hansen, the same thing. Yep. Yeah, yep. Stan. Han- oh yeah, you'd have gone for a ride with a bull rope rope around your neck. <laughs> He'd have drug you all over the arena. I mean, the the stories about these guys, toughness wise, is is infamous. It never goes away. And then you have these guys like. And, and I'm not going to say that I won't enjoy the Bucks when they come back, because I'm sure they'll have some great matches. But, I mean, I, I question the toughness of a guy that, that's going to kick the door in. He's going to really confront. If you're going to confront CM Punk, you better go in there with your head on straight. I don't know, man. I've, I've seen him UFC. I You know, I, I think. I, I think I would go in there with a little overconfidence. Listen, listen, I get it. I get it. But he did go and train for that. He trained to get his ass whipped in two minutes. That's true. He trained. He went through a lot to get to that point. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, a guy who's that skilled, maybe, possibly you go in there with a little bit of uh, a, I'm not going to kick the door open here. No, you go in with the element of surprise. (laughs) 
Like, Get him! Just <laughs> like Jake Paul or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Who, you know, kind of looks like he can't fight, but then kind of, you know, can at least take a punch, you know? Can, you know, can go a few rounds with you. Yeah. Oh, this is CM Punk. I mean, you know, he got gassed in both his UFC fights pretty quick, didn't he? If I remember right. Uh, he got, he got, uh, he got the snot knocked out of him. We'll put it that way. <laughs> I try to say it as nicely as possible. Yeah. And again, no slight to CM Punk because I damn sure can't UFC fight. But if I'm, if I'm fucking Matt Jackson, I'm about, yeah, I seen this guy on UFC. I know what I'm getting into. <laughs> I can take him. Super <laughs> yeah. kicked the door, not realizing the dog that old Larry is on the other side of it, running around, probably, you know, licking and hanging out and. <laughs> I was being petted by old Ace, and you know you sent the damn much sailing. Meanwhile, the guy up. that he's really mad at, Hangman, is hanging out with the Dark Order in some boiler room in a stadium, you know, filming vignettes for BTE. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean that's a good place for Hangman, right? Once once he heard what was going on, yeah, he probably get as far away as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I would have too, for the record. I would have been like, yeah, yeah. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, deuces. I mean, but again, Hangman needs to realize that you just can't say stupid shit like that. Right. And because ultimately in the long run, I mean, you're looked at as the future of the business, kind of. Mm-hmm. Because you're at the point now, you're going to outlast CM Punk. You're going to outlast Jericho. You're going to outlast Omega because of your age. And possibly the Bucks. Oh, I think, yeah, I think the Bucks too. But but you know what I'm saying? Like, in 10 years, this guy could be like it. Yeah. He could be the man. And he needs to realize that and start using his damn head sometimes. More than just a tackling dummy, for the record. Much as I'm glad that he's okay and he's recovering from his concussion. You don't have to go there, but you went there. Do you think that from that spot that maybe guys guys think twice before they do that that flip spot on the clothesline? No. Why would you? I mean, it's been done a a thousand times. Yeah, you're right. You're right, and it only takes that one time where somebody finally gets hurt, but... It's just wild. Wrestling is wild, man. I love it, though. I love it so bad. Okay, so it's wild. But, again, accidents happen. Yeah. You know, I don't think I don't think he did it intentionally. I don't think it was oh, a coach no. or nothing like that. You know, Tony didn't, you know. Tony <laughs> he put out the hit on Hangman. Yeah. Did, did you, you order, order the code you're goddamn right I did. Son, we live in a world where Larry the dog can't be kicked in the face. Oh, my God. You know you got to finish that. you got to actually make that rant up. Do what? you got to finish that rant. You can't leave it out there with just the dog getting kicked. <laughs> no, I'm leaving it out there. I... You want me in that ring. You need me in that ring. (laughs) You need Larry in that locker room. (laughs) I mean, here's the thing, and I don't think Hangman, like, there's 
from this investigation, the the weird stuff that's come out of it, part of it was Punk was worried Hangman was going to shoot during their title match. And I'm like, so there's a lot of things I could see happening in AEW. But from a guy like Hangman Page, I don't see him going into there and, and saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck this guy up. Uh, well, that's kind of, that's a little crazy, I guess, but is it possible? Sure. Oh, sure. Of course. Yeah. You know, um, what I expected from Hangman, uh, nah, no, not really. I think he's, you know, maybe in 10 years, maybe, but I think he's just he's dumb enough not to realize his position with the company mm-hmm. and to realize that he should have been a locker room leader and not done that stupid shit on TV. Hangman reminds me of what could have been with Dolph Ziggler had it been done right. Mm. All the tools, he can talk on the mic, he can go in the ring. Dolph Ziggler doesn't get utilized. Hangman got utilized. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know, because Hangman is still relatively young. Like, So you're looking sure. at Dolph in the, in the the twilight years. And no offense to Dolph. but No, no, I'm... but but he is probably towards the end of his career, I'd agree. Right, yeah. Whereas Hangman is still relatively maybe five years Six at the most. Um, I don't think it's too much. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe seven, maybe seven, I guess. But, mm-hmm. but you know what I'm saying. So he's still got a career to go. Yeah. And there might possibly come a time where him he he'll need to be the leader. And now the problem is it's always going to be tainted because there are going to be people that realize what he did, what he caused, and, Mm -hmm. you know, he, and it's going to be on him, right? It it literally served no purpose whatsoever for him to go out there and do it. And, you know, for him to act like that and say that thing on, on, um, you know, TV. I just think that, you know, that, that, you know, maybe possibly this whole thing is happening because like, you know, punk and, and hangman and the elite, they're just, they just weren't feeling very oozy, you know, they just didn't have it going on. I'm not getting into that oozy feeling shit. <laughs> Sammy Zayn is a national treasure. He needs to be protected at all costs. Yeah. But then when he be a Canadian national treasure. I, you know what? I'm okay with that too. He is, get it out of here. He's a global icon. Well, I might would give you a global icon. Come on, he he turned a just a horrible, horrible storyline with him being the the lackey for the bloodline into the most entertaining part of TV, especially on SmackDown. Well, I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying it. in all of wrestling, but I am going to say in WWE right now. I'm just not feeling it, though. Yeah? Not your thing, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's Roman. 
you're just not feeling that OC either, I guess. No, I'm I'm not an OC type of guy. <laughs> best best segment on TV this past week is Sami Zayn, you know, and, and Jay Uso going back and forth, and Jay is just laying into Sammy. You're a fake ass oos and you shouldn't even be wearing that shirt and just going off. <clears throat> Sammy's like, no, no, you know, the, the tribal chief wants peace. We're just trying to make peace. And Jay fires off. I don't give a damn what the tribal chief thinks. And Roman does that. He does a perfect job here. He's like standing there. He's kind of looking down while this is happening behind him. And as soon as he says, I don't give a damn what the tribal chief thinks, head pops up, starts looking around like, what? It was great. It's great. Well, you watch your WWE then, buddy. I'm not falling. Watch your wrestling, Brian. Watch your wrestling. And sometimes your sports entertainment. No. No. I I mean, again, I'm still sticking by. I think I got about two months left. Mm -hmm. That's that's, that's Triple H's time for six months to figure some things out. And then then we'll flip it on for a little bit and see what's shaking. I have a feeling that at the Rumble is when things will start going a different direction. Yeah, but maybe maybe not completely, but a different direction. So, how though? Right? I'm just curious how you think it'll go a different direction, or how you think it could go a different direction. I think that the the Rumble opens the door for once you start on that road to WrestleMania, you have that opening of here's where we're going with this. Here's what we can do with this kind of thing. So mm-hmm. if you want to, I think the obvious prediction first is that Cody comes back from injury. You know, I think that's that's probably a, a sure, yeah, a close closest to a sure thing as you can get. Okay. All right. So let's let's stop right there a minute. Right. So I'm willing to concede that the whole tribal chief gimmick and the ooze and all that good stuff is probably the hottest ticket on the planet. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to concede that. Sonny, thanks you. Um, but however, let's look at this realistic now. Okay. Right? So <clears throat> that whole... The whole storyline, right, is is like Supernova, right? Mm-hmm. But not because it's drawn heat for Roman Reigns. It's because they're now portraying them in a different light, right? There's a little bit of hijinks going on, and, you know, Sami Zayn's getting his, his just desserts and he's in kind of like a main event storyline, but at the end of the day, he's they're, they're not in a main event storyline. Mm-hmm. Right? Because they really don't have nobody that they're feuding with. They're just going out there and having a good time. Right? And I get that. That's cool. Right? Because again, they somehow or another they become the you know the biggest ticket on the planet. But at the end of the day, do you honestly think that Cody is the one to up in Roman Reigns and he's going to lose, you know, you'll probably start to cool off some? 
is Cody that guy? So here's what I'm thinking will happen. I'm thinking that somehow Austin Theory is going to come away before Mania as WWE champion. Now notice, I didn't say Universal champion. I just said WWE champion. I think what's going to happen here is we're going to see the redividing of the belts. And I think what we're also going to see is we're going to start seeing more of a here's your Raw brand, here's your SmackDown brand, and more of a separation of the two. And I feel like what they're doing right now is they're trying to figure out where is Roman going to be. Because right now, I mean, you have to have him everywhere because you don't have another top attraction. I think it's feasible to say that Cody could be a top attraction there. So that's where I'll beg to differ to a point, right? Mm -hmm. So they do have top attractions. However, the top attractions have been, oh, how you say, Superman punched into oblivion. You mean like Miz was just now on Raw? Oh, did he he take a Superman punch? Kind of embarrassing. Miz just got knocked out by uh, Roman. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. See how that works out? Uh, Are they stalking me on Twitter? Um, Wouldn't be the first time. God, so I should I should have melted that one. God, they're listening to us. I got I got word that uh, he's going to Superman punch Miz. Sources say <laughs> yeah, tonight's raw. But so again, you have talent that could have done it. Yeah, right. But they didn't back then, and now Roman is again. He is like he's money. Mm-hmm. Right? The whole storyline is money. You need somebody that's going to be able to come along and up in that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Austin Theory cashing in money in the bank on Roman should not work. So, and here's. Go ahead. Well, here's as soon as Theory comes out with a referee, you know who should be running behind him? About six people that are going to stop him from getting to the ring every time he tries to cash it. Sammy, the Usos, uh, the other guy. Um, Solo Sokoa. Yeah. There, I mean, there's four. Paul Heyman, if he's so inclined to move them little legs. <laughs> I mean, literally, like, you know as well as I do, when they, when they go to cash in, they're normally running out behind the curtain dragging a referee. Right. So if I'm Roman, right, if I'm the tribal chief, I'm going to plan that, oh, you guys wait in the back, but you should probably watch the doors or something to make sure he doesn't come out. But the first time you see him, Get to the ring, and they should break up any any attempt that he tries. And while while I can see exactly why that would work that way, <clears throat> I don't think Roman gets pinned to lose that title. I think he okay. does like a Seth Rollins kind of cash in, makes it a triple threat. Roman is, we'll just say, distracted. 
and ends up losing the title, quote unquote. And that's where Paul Heyman begins to work his magic and saying, well, I think we've talked about this idea before, too. We did negotiate that it was a title on the line, but it was and pick whatever one you don't want them to have anymore. <laughs> and then that's the one. So our tribal chief still reigns supreme on whichever show they want him to be on. Yep. All right. So let's try that route. So let's say it's Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. And you interject Austin Fury into the mix. Right. Mm. Doesn't kind of work. You, you, you see what I'm saying? I don't to think me, Bray's going to be put in a main event situation. Which is a shame because I feel like he should be, but I think they're going to keep him as far away from a title and main events as they possibly can. I think they're going to keep him on the back burner for as long as they can until they absolutely have to use him. Okay, but again, though, Bray is one of those that has the ability and the manpower mm-hmm. that should be able to go toe-to-toe with Roman, beat Roman, and it's okay. I agree. I agree, and I would don't get me wrong. I'd love to see that, but at the same time, I feel like what they're trying to do with Roman is set up that that they want Roman and Rock at Mania, and I think they also know that they can't get there with the title involved because if the Rock beats them, that just come on. Now it yeah, screams right. WWE. Don't get me wrong; it screams like something they would do, but. You know, I, I just don't think that, that that would be the smart thing to do. Well, I don't think I don't think The Rock beats him. Honestly. I don't see The Rock beating Roman. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, so, okay, cool. It's The Rock, right? Mm-hmm. But again, so you have dumped so much time and energy into Roman that you have turned him like supernova. Right. Now, I don't even think if you had six months build up with The Rock, and I'm talking like good build up with The Rock, that you can like take the title from Roman with The Rock. And again, once again, you're talking, you know, you have to have somebody that can overcome the family, you know, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And I, the, the Rock's not going to, I don't think The Rock can do it unless he, you know, goes out there and tracks down everybody that's lost to Roman, and, you know, has them interfere all at once or whatever. Um, I mean, again, now the opposite has kind of happened because now he's now Roman is so good. You're really going to lose. <laughs> you're going to lose your butt when you finally take that title off of him. Well, and that's where that's where the real challenge is. We talked about it multiple times. How many times did they book Roman in a situation where Roman should have lost, but he didn't. And now, <clears throat> as we are almost two years, two full years into his reign, it's now like, okay, so unless you book 
God <laughs> to beat to beat Roman. Like everybody's gonna be like, well, he shouldn't have lost. And that's the sh- that's a shame. It it was it was hard enough when Roman Reigns was basically fighting an uphill battle no matter what he did. Get right. Handed, get handed bad bad dialogue in a script. He reads it. It sounds horrible. Goes into a match. Takes just a horrible amount of abuse. Bumps like crazy. Wins after his second spear. Like, meh, okay. Sooner or later, the guy's got to lose. It doesn't happen. Now he's, like you said, supernova. I mean, the guy's white hot. And, well, who else is left? No, I mean, again, I guess that's the best problem to have, right? True, true, because now you've got a guy that is on top, and finally, you know, after you've made people gag on it for years, finally, finally people are like, that Roman guy's okay. (laughs) I mean, literally now, now, Vince can be like, yep, I told you so. Yeah, right, right. And now you uh, probably have to sign an NDA for that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, I just, I don't know how. And hopefully, again, hopefully they don't do it before my my six-month, uh, um, you know, thing is up. Six months puts us at the Rumble, doesn't it? Uh, it might be, might be. I'll have to look and see exactly when he did it. But it might be more like January, early January than that. So, uh, so well, day I, one if they decide to do an event for that. Let's do that. No, I think, didn't they cancel day one? So supposedly it's going to be like a house show, kind of like Starcade. They made it into a house show. Oh, that's, that's fucking great. Uh, all right, so let's do, when's the Rumble? The Rumble is, let's take a look. Uh-oh, Dominic Emo Mysterio is out. Uh, when is Royal Rumble? <clears throat> Saturday, January 28th. All right, so let's do this then. Saturday, January 28th mm-hmm. will be my return to the WWE. Uh-oh. Are you going to be in the Rumble? Are you going to be number 30? No, I can't tell you all that. I'll find <laughs> this. So, again, if, if, and, I mean, it's not like the company's going to fold by then so you know that actually works because july 25th is when helmsley took over okay so yeah so that's about right then so i will be a man of my word and six months i will go back to turning on raw and smackdown you're not getting me to watch nxt i don't think anybody's watching nxt yeah you can forget that one but i will I will go back to watching Raw and SmackDown, and we'll 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 get into it. But you know, the other thing too about The Rock, and you know, what's absolutely crazy is you never know what certain parent companies may or may not want you to do. Right. And. With the fact that The Rock is now probably going to become the tentpole of the uh, DC Universe, mm-hmm. uh, they may very well have been like, look, uh, no offense, but you're not going back to WWE TV because that's a competitor. 
But in the meantime, if you don't go back, we'll make you into a billionaire before you're 45. And, you know, we'll give you exactly what you want. As far as, like, his ideas for, you know, D.C. and stuff. Can't wait for, uh, can't wait, wait to see what they do next. Because, uh, you know, Gunn and uh, that other guy, I don't know, remember his name. Is taking over DC instead of Walter Hamada now. Yeah, well, they needed. They should have got rid of Hamada a while ago. I wonder so, if they'll continue to push with uh, Ezra Miller as Flash. Yes, I mean they're already talking about putting him in number two. They're talking about a sequel already. Yeah. Damn. Well, again, though, you, I mean, you have to understand that. So, The Flash was going to be, like, the soft reboot right. of the whole And so they were, the, you know, that was, again, going to be a, a uh, big old franchise type type deal. And um, I, I think they just recently come out was like, yeah, we're making Flash too, and Ezra Miller's in it. So. Jeez. Um, and I yeah. quote, boo. <laughs> well, I mean, let's get there first, right? So, you know, who, who, I mean, the guy's still out walking. Right. And I don't know what story was told for him to get out of charges or whatever, but. I mean, these guys in Hollywood are basically bulletproof anyway, unless you. Harvey Weinstein them. And even that took how long? Well, I mean, it took till somebody was brave enough to... Yeah, yeah. ...say it. Um, so, yeah, but I mean... I, I would imagine, especially after the success of Black Adam... Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's kind of what led to um, to getting Cobble back to Superman, and you know they're they're already talking about you know they're even the Rock on like some interviews the way he talks is he's now like one of the cornerstones, right, right. You know, and, and I'm okay with it because I, I absolutely love Black Adam. I, I think it probably the, might be the best outside of the Suicide Squad, the James Gunn Suicide Squad. Really? Yeah. Well, if you wow. haven't seen it, you better go see it. Um, but, but anyway, the way he talks leads me to believe that he has like position himself in a spot that um, DC needs, right? Mm-hmm. And again, if, if this is what, if this is where he needs to be, hopefully Warner Brothers Discovery would realize that, oh, wait, uh, AEW under air umbrella and the WWE is under their umbrella. Oh, uh, Dwayne, come here. 
Dwayne Dwayne. Come here. <laughs> you did not Come just here. say Dwayne Dwayne. Yeah. Come here, Dwayne. So, yeah, but uh, so we're going to need you to back out of the Rumble and not go to the WWE program. Oh, and he would he would definitely be done. Oh, yeah. Because, again, he's, I mean, again, he's, he's, like, they're on the verge of doing something that, uh, so the way I look at it is, so all these Marvel movies, right, they were great at first, right, but then the last few have been, not so much the TV shows, but, like, some of these movies have been just straight into the ground. Mm-hmm. And you're hoping Black Panther, when it comes out in a few weeks, can can start to push up again. But it's just a cycle, right? Everybody's getting tired of comic book stuff. And if you don't if you don't knock it out the park every time, then this is this is what happens. The mediocre movies, you know, become bad, and right. you know, they, it just compounds and compounds everything else but with this it's like renewed vigor in DC movies because now we put one and I dare say Black Adam could rank like even even against the better Marvel movies you know what I'm saying like I mean it was good it was really good and again that's thanks to The Rock and The Rock has a vision, and they bought into The Rock's vision. So if, if The Rock is, you know, and, and they're moving ahead with his vision, or, you know, he's high up in the in the food chain, I, I'm not letting him show up on WWE television. If, my, if, if one of my subsidiaries is AEW. Right. Well, and you got to be careful. You have to make sure that people are aware that there's no risk of him getting hurt and unable to film Black Adam 2 or Justice League 2 or whatever the hell, right? Because you have to make sure he's protected. You have to protect that investment. Um, and it's, I mean, we, we're in the middle of a, of a crazy time when it comes to entertainment. I mean, that's, that's why Batista retired when he did. It's why, um, damn it. Well, Batista is a better example, so we'll just leave it at that. But I mean, it's it's the truth of the matter is these these guys that are breaking out and and finally doing other things, you can't risk going out there and pulling a quad or tearing a tricep. You just can't. Right, right. and I I mean, Cena is no different, right? Right, so right. Maybe at first, you know, when 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 they're filming Suicide Squad, you know. I'm like, okay, so here's the contract, and maybe there's not a clause in there, mm-hmm. but by the time we get to Peacemaker, I would have gotten a clause in there. Well, and he's, he's probably going to be the next one to really be on big in the big screen as far as Peacemaker's concerned. Oh, yeah, but I, I mean, I would have made sure I got a clause in there. Mm-hmm. You know that you're not you're not competing in the WWE ring. You're you're not even going to compete in AEW ring. However, if there's promotional work that needs to be done, 
you may be called on for that. Right. And I really don't think, you know, like Cena or The Rock would have a problem with that. Because, again, what they're working on and what they're doing is now bigger than, you know, the WWE. This is, I mean, The Rock was what, for years, like the highest grossing fucking action star? Yeah, I mean, pretty much from the Scorpion King on through now, The Rock has been kind of like Will Smith was back in the day. Blockbuster after blockbuster, just nailing it. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, I, I mean, and now, I'm telling you, now, now if he signed a multi-year deal, which I'm sure he has, because, you know, again, when, when they were redoing the Snyderverse and um, the rock started dropping hints that, Oh, he wanted black Adam to face the justice league. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's how invested he is. He's like calling shots. And now that he's a proven commodity to a new company in uh, uh, Warner brothers discovery, I hope they change that name. I really do. Um, I'm sure they will. I mean, they're in the early stages of this merger. There's, I'm sure there's a ton of stuff that they're going to change before it's all said and done. But again, with him being now a proven commodity, mm-hmm. and they now realize, oh, hey, this he 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 was right. You know, let, let's let's uh, let's follow his path. And again, he's still pushing for. Black Adam versus the Justice League, and now he wants Suicide Squad thrown in the mix. I would imagine these contracts, again, have a clause. Mm -hmm. I would hope they would have a clause where, no, 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 you're not not climbing in nobody's wrestling ring. And if that's the case, if that's the case, there goes Roman versus The Rock. Did you notice? The Rock win it because then, you know, Maybe a one-off, but that's about it. So, you know, since we're on the topic of DC, did you notice just how well Gotham Knights has been playing with their uh, with fans? It first when it when the previews started coming out for this game, um, people were actually like, "This game is going to be awful." They were just talking smack about it, but it's actually caught quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of popularity. Now, granted, some of the control schemes are a little frustrating because it's a little little glitchy here and there. But, I mean, I think the game's great. I don't know how far you've gotten into it, but it's it's a pretty solid game. Uh, yeah. I, 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 oh, man. I, I don't want to say you might be on an island on that one, but um, do I think it's okay? Yes. Do I think the storyline's good? Yes. Um, but at the end of the day, because to me, it's so slow. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'll play it when I get a chance. Some, some days I might dump 15 minutes into it and other times I might dump an hour, two hours into it. It's the mechanics are just so slow and clunky to me. Yeah. And like sometimes, I mean, I can be on top of a build looking down. And, you know, looking down at the bad guys, be like, okay, well, where's my silent attack? You know, because I got the solo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Up. 
it's like, okay, where's my silent attack? And I can't get the silent attack to come up. So ultimately, I'm like, well, just do an aerial attack. Mm-hmm. And of course, when you do that, the other 20 people. Yeah, they all see you. And your yeah. bonus option is gone at that point. Yeah. yeah. Right. That, yeah, that yeah. pisses me off. Because we're, we're spoiled, though. Because we, we, we had that play mechanic with Arkham Knight, Arkham Asylum, all of those. And you would get, literally, you could stand on a ledge. And you'd have the icons for aerial or for silent takedown, mm-hmm. and it was actually a lot faster. That's where my question comes in comes in for that though. Like, how did they go backwards with that part? Like, yeah, I, but, I but, really enjoyed the game, but it did seemingly go backwards. But they're not the same company. Oh, I thought it was uh, still the same the same no. uh, produ- production company. No. no, really, that's not a Rockstar game. Uh huh. And if I remember right, Rockstar did the Arkham Trilogy. Not that oddball game. Not the oddball one. Because there's actually four in the Arkham. Oh, Escape from Blackgate, yeah. No, 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 no. Um, Damn, I got the special edition over here somewhere. (laughs) Um, It's not Escape from Blackgate. Um, Because it's like called Arkham Origins or something like that. Yeah, it, it was on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. DS actually was really good, but it was on DS. No, 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 no. This, is, this was on console. Oh. Uh, hold on, let me look this up. It might still be or Origins. Yeah, there's an Origins. Because it was... Yeah, that's it. So Origins. Yeah, the... I never played the console version of it. I know that there is one of it. But I played it on DS, and I was like, well, this is not too bad. I mean, it was... Yeah, it, you know how DS games were. It was dumbed down and digitized to a point where it was pixelized, and, and it just wasn't as good. But it was playable. Um, I enjoyed it. I mean, the, the Arkham series, I think if you're playing Gotham Knights, though, the Arkham series kind of sets you up to expect that it's going to be similar, even though it's your point, it's a different company. Yeah, it's a different, it's a different company. And, and, uh, you know, again, I understand that you don't want to just swipe like everything from Arkham, but, you know, you would think though, if I'm playing bad girl who's more in line with batman and i'm on a gargoyle i would have the ability to drop down pick them up take them up yes yeah i noticed none of them have that ability yeah 
which actually really sucks. Yeah. You know, again, I don't expect the Red Hood to do it because he doesn't have the tools. Mm-hmm. I don't expect Nightwing to do it because he doesn't have the tools, right? But Robin. Both Robin and, and Batgirl, Batgirl, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Um, because they have a stupid utility belt. So I got to Mr. Freeze. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me, I can't tell you how many tries it took me to beat Mr. Freeze. Because you get to a certain part where you, the first part you get to, you have to do a, an easy task. And you're like, all right, cool, this is going to be easy. And you expect mm-hmm. that it's going to be like, uh, well, kind of like the first time you fight him in the Arkham games. Smack him around a little bit back off smack around a little bit back off so you're kind of ready for that for that routine but it changes it up and now you're like oh crap i can't get away from what's getting ready to happen so it took a long time to beat that one then getting into i'm trying to be careful because i don't know how far you've gotten but also i don't know how far any of our listeners have gotten um i don't want to do spoilers or you know what to say about our listeners what's that i don't care spoil it Wow, that's uh, the the uh, thoughts and opinions of uh, Brian Taylor do not indicate that. I don't that. care. <laughs> Would, they wouldn't expect anything less out of me. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, so, but Mister Freeze is basically sets up a weather machine, mm-hmm. and you have to oh, find a diffuser. For me. Oh, yeah, shit. yeah. There you go. So you have to find a <laughs> diffuser and install it. So you do mm-hmm. that. It's simple, right? You're there, and you're just expecting. You know, he's kind of come out because it's the end of the the map. But mm-hmm. you're figuring it, I, at least for me, I'm figuring, okay, this is going to be a, a classic Arkham bad guy boss battle. So mm-hmm. I'm waiting. And he gets there, and it's, at first it's like that. Like he does a, he's got his freeze gun, and he's got this, uh, his duck technique where he shoots basically freeze missiles at you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can dodge him pretty easy. Get to the, the second phase of that. And by the way, much like Elden Ring, there's multiple phases to each big boss pisses me off anyway you get to the second phase and now he's got a a laser sight on his freeze gun and instead of it Mm -hmm. being a one-shot blast it's like a goddamn laser Mm -hmm. so you can't go fast enough he's gonna hit you with it so you just got to hope that you somehow have enough health and mind you i'm playing this on easy so for those of you that are like stan sucks at this game yeah maybe (laughs) <laughs> but I mean, if it if you got to play it on easy to get through it at that, that's that's an indication that maybe your difficulty is a little bit higher than it needs to be. Um, but that one that one was actually fairly gratifying. Getting through like there's you have to find the penguin and you have to um, solve a bunch of different I wouldn't say puzzles, but you have to find a whole bunch of things. It's kind of like one of those quests of go search and get it and bring it back kind of thing. Mm-hmm. so you go through that a few times and finally you, you get to a point where he'll talk to you and if if you're if you're robin you know he's like get away from me kid if you're the red hood he's like i didn't think you had it in you you know like it, it's these different i like that they've written it differently for whichever character you're you're operating as mm-hmm. um but the the missions actually aren't bad the, the control technique when you're on the street on the motorcycle is cool. Um, but there's this part where 
and I, I'm positive now that you've run into it, where you get to certain areas, like where you have to hit X to make something work. And if you're not at the right spot, you, your character will move, but it's like really slow. Mm-hmm. And it's like glitches around little corners and stuff. That's the stuff that I'm hoping that with the next patches that they that they send out, that they fix. Because honestly, the, the storyline itself is good, just like you said. Um, there's really some stuff that is true to the comic. And then there's some stuff where I feel like they take some creative liberty, but it really plays well. Mm-hmm. Well, so... Okay, I guess to a point about the creative liberty, although I'm not really buying the fact that Batman's dead, considering that the guy they had him kill was Raj and yeah, Talia's, yeah, you know, Talia's involved with this. Mm-hmm. So again, I can almost see him popping up in a DLC or something, and you know, unless I've missed something. And maybe nobody's gotten to the Court of Owls yet. Maybe he's part of the Court of Owls. But, I mean, I could almost see if, if they're smart. And again, I think I said this before. Then um, next you would get Lucius Fox's son, who's a Batman in the comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would get Tim Drake. Not Tim Drake. Um, um, Damian Wayne. Yeah. Who's the other missing? So Damian uh, Wayne was honestly the who I thought was going to be Robin. Mm, and so uh, when when it starts and it's to Tim Drake, I'm like, wait, did we just go back in time? Yeah, I mean, maybe you get you know I you know Batwoman, mm-hmm. uh, the other Batgirl, Huntress, uh, Stephanie Brown. Well, no, not her. It's um, um, oh crap! It's the one with the full bat mask. Oh, the, oh, Cassandra Kane. Yeah. Well, it, no. it that's weird because no, who, like no, no. The, in that Batwoman, Batwoman is Kane. No, that's Kathy Kane. So there's Kathy Kane, K A N E, and then there's Cassandra Kane, C A I N. Is that the, the Oriental? The I don't know. Is she Oriental or is she is she African American? I thought she was African American. No. But she's the mute one, right? She doesn't speak. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. So that one is Cassandra Cain, C-A-I-N. And she is the daughter of an assassin. But that one would be cool. I agree with you there. I'd like to see them kind of broaden it out, too, and maybe even bring in um, uh, some just some more from the DC Universe in. Well, but isn't um, uh, the Cains, the the cousins or whatever, that's that's Batwoman's family. Yes, yes. Katie so, Kane or Kathy Kane is Batwoman. Yeah, so if if they're in it, then it only leads to reason that Batwoman should make an appearance somewhere down the line too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is you're it, right, Andrew Kane. Has there been word about about DLC? I hadn't heard anything or seen anything yet. No, but they're 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 stupid. Like if they can fix certain things, mm-hmm. right? And again. You don't want to give me the ability to hoist somebody up to a gargoyle. Great. Right. Fix your sneak attacks so I can pull them off from a building. Right? Because if if I have the aerial attack flashing, I should have the sneak attack flashing because they're pretty much the same thing. Right? Yeah. So if I have one, I should have both. 
Well, in the same time, to me, if you speed it up, mm-hmm. then I'm okay with it. it. To me, it's just so slow, so clunky, especially when you're fighting multiple people. And give me 60 frames per second. Yeah, how do you That's not so... be able to do that on PS5? <laughs> they cho- they chose not to. They took. To me, this is one of these games that if they if they it would be a blockbuster if they pushed it off for six months. Is this one of those games where the, is is there is this one of the situations where kind of like Avengers, where if they release yeah. enough patches, you know they'll catch up to it, or do you think they'll ignore it and just let it die? Oh no, I don't think they'll let it die because. Um. Okay, so who's back? I just got a tweet from the WWE. Guess who's back? Oh, Oscar. Yeah, Oscar and Alexa Bliss came back tonight. And Alexa. Okay. Good for them. Um. Anyway, um, I don't think they'll let it die because it has potential. Mm-hmm. Right? It, to me, it's kind of like Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk has potential. Ultimately, they started to realize, oh. Wow, uh, we need to get on this, and we have a fan base, and the fan base is hungry for more stuff. And let's, you know, let's turn it into what we wanted it to be, but we're going to do it live as we go. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing. Like, I mean, think about it. Who wouldn't want to be Damian Wayne? I would. I'd, I'd buy your DLC. If well, especially the sword action with him, because I'm sure that would yeah. play really nice. Yeah, I, I mean, and I still think we're missing Robin somewhere. Um, Jason Todd, Tim Drake, Damian Dick Wayne, Drake, Dick Grayson, Damian Wayne. Oh, uh, I mean the the Robin from Dark Knight. You could you you could throw that one in there too, and um. The female Robin. Oh, yeah. Uh, Carrie Kelly. Yeah. Um, That'd be cool. So, uh, you know, you could do a lot. There's potential. Mm-hmm. And if you're smart, you fix what needs to be fixed. And again, I don't think it would be hard to boost and tweak the speed a little. Well, and that, that's what gets me. Like, with Marvel's Avengers, we did you play the beta also? Uh, I think so. I think I actually liked the beta. Yeah. So the beta itself for Avengers was significantly faster mm-hmm. and easier to pick up and play anytime you want it. Like, mm-hmm. now it feels a lot clunkier, which is weird because it still plays nicely, but it, it is there's a lot of clunky parts. But now you've got more characters, they've got more more maps that you can play. There's constantly new missions that are available. So it's refreshed all, almost all the damn time with, with Gotham Knights, you have that opportunity there. It's very much like, like that, that release. Cause you know, we, we both started at the same time with Marvel's Avengers. Um, and I think we had similar experiences where we were just playing through and playing through and, and finally got to the end game. We're like, okay, now what? And then it right. took forever for DLC to finally come out. But when it did, it came out so fast. It's like, well, shit, how do you keep up? Like, I got the PS5 version just so I could make sure I got all of the characters, including Spider-Man. Which, by the way, Spider-Man's a great character in that game. 
No, honestly, since I put it down, I never picked it back up. I tried, but it wasn't the same. So I said, you know, they, they kind of screwed, you know. That's the risk you take, though, when, when you put on an unfinished game. Yeah, it is. It's a huge risk. Yeah. You're going to find some that will stick through and they'll love it, and then you'll find others that are like, nope, I'm out. Well, and, and I can't say I blame people. I mean, video games nowadays, a, a day one release is 70 bucks. You know, Marvel Avengers, we got the, we both got the, like, collector edition pre-order, mm-hmm. and it, was that 100? 120? Yeah, I think something like that. Um, Gotham Knights was 70 for the standard edition, which is what I got. Uh, I think you got the deluxe. What exactly came with the deluxe? For Avengers? Uh, Gotham Knights. Oh, nah. Just costumes, I think. Okay. So, like, I, I got the standard edition because I didn't, I don't think I remember ever, ever hearing about anything exclusive for it. Um, but even the standard was $70. So, you get to a game that you paid 70 bucks for, your expectation is this thing better be a finished product. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Elden Ring, it had its glitches, but it's, Elden Ring's glitches were fun. Like, literally, we joked about it for weeks about the map glitches where you could get hundreds of thousands of runes and all that stuff. Of course, none of those are available now, by the way. All of them patched. Uh-huh. But, I mean, that's the difference. Elden Ring was a vast, like, world where you could literally play and play and play. Hell, you could still replay it and unlock different endings and all that stuff. Versus, you know, now looking at looking at Gotham Knights where... Yeah, it's going to take a while to beat it. I mean, I'm, I'm positive of that. I feel like I'm making good headway in the actual main storyline, but there's still so many side missions that by the time you beat all of them, you could probably be a year to a year and a half down the road and maybe into some DLC. What, on Gotham Knights? Yeah. Hmm. If you're playing it on... I think if you're playing it on standard difficulty, like I'm playing it on easy because it's been a really long time since I played Batman games, like the Arkham games, and I wanted to make sure that I could at least enjoy myself for the first bit. Because mm-hmm. you got to dive back in and play it on harder difficulties to unlock better stuff anyway. Hmm. At least that's my understanding of it. Oh, I don't know. I haven't gotten into... Again, it's... I just pick it up, play it randomly, run through a bunch of... Uh, or go beat up a bunch of people and then go back in and look to see if there's anything new to create. <laughs> so, okay, this is actually really funny. Matt Riddle, for Halloween, is dressed up as Ezekiel. And he's dragged Elias down to the ring with him. So he's dressed up as Elias's brother. <laughs> That Matt Riddle is going to be the next R Truth. Mm-hmm. Fine by me. I mean, he's a funny dude. He gets people laughing, and he can wrestle. So, okay. I mean, I guess this is what their chosen role is for. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I'm uh, just not a Matt fan. Yeah. Hmm. Oh yeah, this uh I did see this in uh in 
Lords of Pain today. So Carmella, who has been out recently, um, mm-hmm. apparently was recently in the hospital, uh, unfortunately because of having a miscarriage. Um, our, definitely our thoughts go out to her, but I, she just posted this out of the blue because uh, October is um, loss, in, Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. And uh, she posted a very uh, emotional post on Instagram. Um, And it's crazy, you know, that seeing that sort of stuff is, uh, for for me, it reminds me of a lot of of things that have happened. But at the same time, it's, um, you know, sad. And I'm I'm sad for both her and uh, Corey Graves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's always um, bad. When something like that happens. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I try to make sure that when we're going through the show that if I, if there's something that's newsworthy, we bring it up. But uh, I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but that kind of thing seemed kind of news, newsworthy. As long as we're not going overboard about it, I try to be careful. <sighs> oh, Emma made her return against Ronda Rousey last week to Neil Dashwood back in WWE. Well, that's got to that's gotta be good. Oh, hey, welcome back. Go face Ronda. And she lost to Ronda. Oh, yeah, that doesn't shock me. Doesn't shock me at all. Strong rumors going around right now that Chelsea Green and Deanna Perrazzo are uh, both being sought after to come back to WWE. Um, that would make sense. They, they got released in the midst of all of the... Uh, uh, COVID firings um, or pandemic firings. I think that's probably the better way to word that. So it makes sense to bring them back. The only thing is you got Charlotte, you've got Bailey, you've got Becky, Bianca, insert names here. You got a bunch of them. What are you going to do with this lady? What are you going to do with both of them? Right. You know, it's the question that we that that begs an answer over an AEW too. You brought back Soraya, who is apparently cleared to compete. You got Tony Storm. You got Britt Baker. You got Jade Cargill. You got Jamie Hayter. Rio just came back again. What uh, what's your plan? <laughs> what are you gonna do to keep all these ladies busy? At least AEW tends to do it a little bit better. They're getting better. I mean, they're not awful with it. Whereas WWE sticks to the same five. Usually it rotates the same five or six women in and out of a storyline. And I didn't even mention Liv Morgan, uh, Sonya Deville, and so on. I mean, there's a lot of top talents there. Yeah. All right. So, unfortunately, I must cut this episode short. Duty calls for work. Okay. All right. Um, I will explain it to you later about what's going on. And No problem. But, uh. Give the fans my best. Absolutely. Blown kisses. <laughs> uh, if you're so inclined, and I will, I'll text you later and let you know what happened. Okay. Yeah. No problem. All right. Yes, sir. All right. I'll talk to you. See ya. Bye. So we'll bid Brian adieu as he goes and does his thing. He's got uh, got some things to handle on his end, so we'll keep everybody informed as we uh, continue to roll on down the line here we only got a little bit left in the show as it is um 
you know, one thing I wanted to identify out here for uh, all of our awesome listeners is that, you know, we are happy to be back on Spreaker, and uh, our numbers on Spreaker have seen a pretty solid download lift. So I want to thank all of you wonderful fans for checking us out and listening to us. Um, I will identify also that with moving to Spreaker, we're still keeping our archive on Acast. So you can always catch up with the uh, archive there. Acast seems to have a pretty solid download traction as well. So it's difficult uh, trying to decide which which provider I want to stick with. But as long as Spreaker is our, our live option, we'll stick with that. Um, I appreciate you guys letting us talk a little bit of comic books because, goddamn, comic books are fun. I dig it. I mean, we're all adults. And is it, when it comes down to it, you know, it's about doing something that you love and enjoying enjoying some time with something that's uh, a fun hobby or a fun thing. And that's what comic books and cool movies and cool video games can bring out. Right. So it's not just wrestling that we cover, although we love it. It's uh, all kinds of things, including action figures, which, Hey, quick heads up this week. I actually was able to locate the elusive Thunder Rosa figure. Finally got that here. I've got all of AEW's unrivaled series nine. Finally, and Series 10 is the uh, next one to combat. And then whew, I, I did end up getting CM Punk. So that was pretty cool. I'm just sitting here. And as I, I brought it up because I'm looking at my my set here. I'm looking at uh, the pop-up stage that you can buy off of Ringside Collectibles. Um, so we were talking about the women's division here. Talking about how it's interesting to see like Deanna Prazo and... Chelsea Green get an opportunity to potentially come back, which I think would be great. I mean, both both ladies are immensely talented, but it's such a full, full roster right now. And the challenge for anybody, not just Triple H and Tony Khan, but anybody with such a sizable women's roster that has so many top, potentially top names, um, what do you do? How do you handle it? How do you juggle all of these? And that's really the question. Soraya coming back makes that question even harder. So the the challenge in all of that is how do you keep fans engaged and how do you make sure that they are tuning in at the right times? I mean, there's a lot of complaints, like, for example, from uh, FIFO Select's Kate Hensler. She always talks about how women's wrestling, as far as AEW is concerned, is always at the same exact spot in Dynamite. It's usually that 930 920 slot and she's got a good point i mean it's consistently at the same position and usually it's eight to ten minutes sometimes 15 depending on who's wrestling i will say aew will take the chance more often the wwe especially lately with main event positions for like tony storm thunder rosa Britt baker those kinds of matchups um but the question is still hey how are you going to utilize and potentially innovate these these roster members because you have to give them an opportunity to really shine and they're just not really doing it in a way that maximizes that roster. I think what happens with a guy like, you know, we were talking about it earlier with a guy like JD who screams and shouts and cusses. And he's like one of those mindsets where I'm going to scream louder than anybody else. So that'll prove I'm right. But I think what he forgets, what we all forget is that the challenge is how do you take We'll just say 20. It's probably an overestimate. But how do you take 20 immensely talented women, find them all TV time on a dynamite 
or a Rampage or a Raw or a SmackDown and still find time for Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins and when he's back, Cody Rhodes and insert people here. Do you A, improve your booking and storyline with your women or B, blindly dedicate more time and hope that fans tune in? That's a tough, tough decision because, yes, uh, of course, all storylines, you would like to see them, you know, have an opportunity to blossom and engage fans and naturally spread. But the truth is, it just doesn't always happen that way. Imagine you're, you're sitting backstage. Imagine you're the writer. Imagine you're the booker. And you're sitting backstage at Chartways Arena this past week for Dynamite. You got all these segments, not to mention the teaser for the Elite coming back. And at some point, you have to put together the segments for the women. And you get to that point and you're like, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to keep pushing the envelope here with Britt and Soraya to tease that matchup. I don't know if it's going to happen at Full Gear Revolution, but we're going to keep that line going. We're going to keep Tony Storm in the limelight. Can't forget to show Nyla Rose. Can't forget to show Jade Cargill. Oh, by the way, Riho's going to come back. I mean, you've got so many moving parts. So what do you do first? How do you book it first? Where? How much time do you designate to it? Who are you going to take time away from? That's the huge challenge for anybody. It's not just the women's division. It's just entirely on how to book a wrestling show. So, yeah, I mean, there's a huge challenge there, and you want to see ratings increase? I mean, come on. Say what you want. If you're one of those wrestling fans that's like, I can't stand AEW. They book crappy. They don't build stories. Blah, 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 blah. I've heard it. I've read it. I've seen it. But if you're one of those, so, okay, look at WWE. That question is still there. How do you make that improvement? You're watching both. You want to see both grow, and you know why? Because that means your wrestling business and sports entertainment business, if you're a WWE diehard, it grows because there's more companies out there, and it only stands to improve because there's more companies out there. And it doesn't mean every single other company out there is legitimate television competition for WWE or AEW or even Impact. But what it does mean is the more the merrier. The bigger your base, the more you have to choose from. And how do you grow your fan base, but you make sure you're engaging them with content every single quarter or every single segment of your show. So you have to be choosy. You have to pick and you have to say, all right, well, Thunder Rosa draws well in these segments. Let's put her here. Well, when it comes to the 930 or 920 time frame or segment, we know that. And again, I'm using hypothetical numbers because I'm not I'm not. Uh, <laughs> Brandon Thurston and the rest of the WrestleNomics guys. But, you know, we let's just say arbitrarily, we know that Britt Baker in her segments, she's, she's got at least 800,000 viewers. And we also know that when Thunder Rosa is on TV, she's usually got 700,000. So if you've got those two ladies and you're trying to push a story for them because you want fans to tune in, but you also know you've got Soraya, formerly known as Paige, who's a huge ratings draw right now and is drawing 700. You want to fit her into the mix, right? Because you want to get possibly 1.5 to 2.4 in a rating, right? 2.4 million viewers. But that's all like pie-in-the-sky numbers. It's all you're looking at a statistic and you're trying to make an educated guess. Never mind the fact that you're trying to give opportunities you see what I'm saying? It, it snowballs. You've got so many different moving parts that, man, it's really hard to keep up. 
I don't envy the position. I feel bad for the bookers like Triple H and, and Tony Khan when they have to look at that. Not because they have a horrible life or whatever, but I feel bad for that position because, hey, imagine the challenge of saying, uh, listen, I, uh, uh, Sammy Guevara, again, hypothetical. Hey, Sammy, um, I know we had a 10-minute match scheduled for you this week, but uh, sorry, buddy, but Sheeta is drawing better numbers than you. we got to put them on TV. Are you going to do that? Like, is that what you would do? Or are you going to stick it out with a with a person that's got a storyline? Like, for example, Jericho, who's Ring of Honor champion. I complain about it, but it, it is drawing attention. So you got to play that out. All of these moving parts. These are tough decisions. I don't know that I would be able to sit down and book a show better. I'm not going to ever say that, God, I could write a better show than you, Triple H, or Tony Khan, or Brett Lauderdale over in Gabe, you know, whoever. The truth of the matter is, I, I don't know. You know, with Kate Ultimate Championship Wrestling, when it comes to putting together show ideas, it's a collaborative effort. There's no one single person in our in our team that says, I'm writing this show, we're booking it this way, and we're going to grab these talents. They're ideas. We put them together, and then we, we give them out to each other. And, you know, if my idea sucks, Brian will say, hey, that's not really what we want to do, but what if we did it this way? Oh, cool. I got it. And then I can grab an idea and kind of pile on. And then, you know, Mr. DeVore and Mr. Uh, De La Rosa will throw in their ideas. and Or maybe they'll just say, nope, nope, we're not going that direction at all because they're the guys in charge. So they'll say, we're going to do it a different way. Go with this idea. And then it's our job to build on that. So what I'm saying, the overall arching theme here is that there's so many moving parts into this industry that we love so much, that pro wrestling and sports entertainment, that it is frustrating when we see wrestling fans and podcasters and members of the media come out there and try to make names for themselves when the reality is it's it's more about it's it is more about what what's gonna happen next and how it's going to get to where we want it to be and how we're going to see it. It's more about the build and the creative challenge. It's it's just so I don't want to say frustrating, but it can be confusing and difficult to choose. So that's one of those things where, you know, and just kind of looking at what Brian and I were talking about, it's I can understand why fans are upset, but I can also understand why fans are wanting to see it and excited to to be around it and happy for Triple H taking over. Like I want to see Cody Rhodes come back and do well, win the title and all of that cuz I like Cody Rhodes. You know, I like CM Punk, but at the same time, I feel like CM Punk also is his own worst enemy, at least right now in this current situation. But the reason I think that is because of the information that's been provided by the media. I wasn't there. I wasn't backstage at this media scrum, and I didn't certainly didn't witness anybody kicking in a door or kicking Larry or, you know. So when you look at these things, the challenge isn't just being a fan. The challenge is being educated. The challenge is also picking and choosing your battles. Deciding, okay, I'm going to support this company for these roster members, for these talented people. Maybe I don't like Tony Khan, but maybe I like the product. Or maybe I don't like Triple H, but I like Seth Rollins. And I like the War Raiders and the New Day and the Usos. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a, I'm not a, a big fan of... Of the the the. Sorry. Uh oh.
let's welcome him back. Brian Taylor's on air with us now. Brian, what's up, man? Woohoo, I'm back. Boss Uh, yeah. Well, okay. Um, I guess it didn't start that way, but it was over pretty quick. So. Hmm. Well, alrighty then. Yep, yep, yep. Um. Well, welcome back. When, uh, when you left, I was talking about just how, in my mind, a, how I envisioned the challenge of how will we book XYZ show and how do we choose who is in the segments and just how I don't envy that position regardless of company or promoter. I was thinking about it and, you know, here we were, we were talking about the women's roster for both companies and how difficult it is to, to write and be co-consistent with their storylines, but you also have to look at who's going to draw the ratings, who's going to draw the fans and sell the most tickets and most merchandise. It's, I mean, it's an unenviable task. I couldn't imagine sitting down and doing that. Like with what we've gone through creatively with working with UCW, it's only a fraction of what I imagine like the pressure has to be on a guy like Tony Khan or Triple H. Ah. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to remember that you just got to make the right picks mm-hmm. who you're going to give, you know, those those storylines to. Right. You know, some somebody like Bray or, you know, they probably don't need, I mean, you want good storylines, don't get me wrong, but, right. you know, the charismatic individual like Bray or. Ric Flair or, you know, Sting, Undertaker. I mean, even if you lay a goose egg storyline-wise, mm-hmm. you know, those types of individuals can probably save your bait. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably... Well, not probably, but you know, again, with AEW, I don't think they're as structured as WWE, and so there might be a little bit more leeway in that type of stuff, but I don't know how they did it under Vince with the amount of control that one person had. I mean, I think if I was Vince, it would have drove me bonkers. I think if it was, I mean, Vince was basically doing the old spaghetti method, throwing it on the wall to see if it sticks. Well, true, but uh, I mean, again, there was, I mean, there was literally nobody else with him. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he would write it. You know, they'd have it written Monday, Tuesday, rewrites on Wednesday, then for a SmackDown show, and then come Friday and. At one o'clock in the afternoon, no, I don't like the whole thing. They're just scrapping the whole thing, you know. So Vince would have drove me nuts trying to trying to keep everything in a certain pattern. But I mean, sounds like Tony kind of just kind of paints the picture and then expects them to rough draft it. Not rough draft it, but but fill in the lines. 
Right. Well, and that's and, that's the the big challenge, right? Is going in and and having to provide a rough draft idea of what your segment's going to be, and then having so many different people to have it go through. At least Tony is the final word. At least from what we've been told. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, but Vince was the final word. I'm sure Triple H is too. But I think with Tony, you you the performer you probably are going to have more input. Because mm-hmm. um, I think even like, I think Malachi Black's alluded to it, that a lot of this is his stuff. Right. It's not so much Tony's, it's, it's, it's his. You know, some of the vignettes and stuff like that, you know. And then, you know, ultimately they may take take you down a path that, you know, the boss wants or he doesn't want. But, mm-hmm. um, and again, you also got to remember, too, there's only, I mean, if you look at a program, there's only a couple of real storylines. Like, real storylines. So, now, uh, so, for instance, Jade Cargill, right? Mm-hmm. So, up until Nyla Rose taking the belt, the storyline was the number. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And now she may very well get into a, you know, a little, I guess called tiff or feud for a week or two with somebody. Mm-hmm. But ultimately the story was the, the number was her win streak. Again, until Nyla Rose just, you know, took the belt two weeks ago and ain't giving it back. By the way, how funny is Nyla Rose in that storyline right now? <laughs> uh, but but you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. I mean, even though there is a storyline, to me it's not a storyline. Um, Jericho and the ROH title that involves uh, Danielson and uh, now it's going to involve a mystery ROH champ. And, mm-hmm. you know, his is, is to me, an actual storyline that they're investing in because you've brought in so many different people to go down this journey with us. Right. Um, um, oh, who is it? The, that's feuding with Cage and Samoa Joe right now. Um, oh, oh, you mean Wardlow and Smojo, the embassy? Yeah, yeah, the embassy. You know, that's turning out to be a storyline because look at how many people are getting brought in and they're they're really going at it and, you know, back back to back and week after week. And this is probably going to boil over into an ROH versus AEW type thing. And, you know, at the end, somebody's probably going to lose some titles over it. Right. Um. You know, to me, that's a storyline that's going going through um, the acclaimed and, uh, you know, swerving their glory. And, you know, you can throw FTR in the mix. You can now throw the, the gun club into the mix, you know, so you're starting to build on that. And, I mean, again, you have some that are main main stories and others that just look like stories. Right. Yeah. 
So while I'm sure it's hard doing it on a weekly basis, but let's not forget they, they're normally a collection. Yeah. So, it's, you know, it may not just be one person pulling it off. I mean, the, the overarching challenge, in my opinion, is still the how do you select what's going to be in what segment? Because, yeah, you can read the stats. And you can go, okay, well, statistically speaking, so-and-so draws X amount of viewers. And that may well be true, but then you've still got to go by the – because there's been comments of, well, we've got to make sure we're providing opportunities. We've got to make sure we're doing this. we got to do that. you know. And it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just there's so many things you're juggling, which just makes that even more challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. I mean, that might be a harder challenge mm-hmm. than than the actual than coming up with a storyline is where do we put what where, right? How long do we want this to go? You know, let, let, you know. I don't, I don't know how. You know, like you hear in the past that the day after one WrestleMania where they'd be like, ah, next year's WrestleMania is going to be this, this, and this. Right, right. Yeah, they had Roman already booked for the main event. <laughs> yeah, and now, you know, whether they truly had it stamped out for a year, but, you know, you can only assume that that's what Vince and company did. That would be more, that would, to me, would be harder than... You know, then just coming up with a, a storyline for somebody for for a week or two or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, because again, you have you have other people, so it would be, you know, let's say you, me, and six other people. Right. Um, okay, so if we want to put, um, you know, all out, we want. I don't know, to, to get the title on Danielson. Okay, so how do we get there? Mm-hmm. You know, so then you just plot the course and then, you know, telling the story again to me would be, it wouldn't be quite as hard. It would be everything else that went with it, I guess. You know, MJF is, you know, he, he draws in the ratings. So where do we want to put him in the show? Right, right. Do you start the show hot and bring in as many people to get it in the door? Or do you want to make them, you know, make people call their friends and say, hey, you need to turn it on because the main event's MJF and so-and-so? Mm-hmm. Yeah, whereas in the past it would be, you know, a certain type of match. Mm-hmm. And then you would slowly build to the crescendo of a championship match. Right. Right, but but with it is now where you can have a championship match on first if you so desire, and Lord knows they've done it enough lately. Um, so that yeah, to be the hard part would be placement and making sure that again, if I said Stan Grubb's going to be world champion, you know, next year's all in, then how, yes. how are we going to get there to make it actually work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I honestly don't think the actual storylines would be hard. It, to me, it's everything else. Yeah, well, and that's the that's the challenge in my mind is is finding the puzzle pieces to fit them in the proper place, and it mm. changes every week. 
shit, it probably changes every multiple times a week. You know, especially if you're going from dynamite to rampage and then dark and elevation. Okay. At least with dark and elevation, it's a different set of people. It's a different, you know, okay, so we've got to make sure so-and-so wins because he's on a 12 match streak or, you know what I mean? Like they have an easier booking scheme versus the, you know, the CM punks and the hangman pages of the world where the one guy won't, won't perform with another guy or, you know what I mean? Well, no, I mean, I guess for those two shows, because you don't really have a champion dedicated to them, right? They're just they're just matches there to get give certain people opportunities, and for other people, they're training. Mm-hmm. And um, but to me, it, it wouldn't matter if if you know Mox was telling uh, or involved in a story on Wednesday, and then it carried over into Friday. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to do it all the time, but you know, when you do, I mean, we've done it. You, you know, at other places, you sit down and okay, well, you got this and this. How do we get here? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, how about this? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that sounds good. But let's tweak this. Oh, yeah. 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 Well. Okay. So now let's do this, this, and this. You know, you know, so this is a story getting us to here. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine it's probably a lot like that. Maybe even under Vince. You know, it would be, they go in, they sit down. Okay, we got, uh, you know, Roman versus Bray. I want, I want these two to go. How do we get here? Right. I want it to go for a couple of weeks so while we're sitting here. You know, let's let's keep working on this. Oh, by the way, tomorrow's uh, tomorrow's Wednesday, uh, so y'all can you know work what that from. Means. <laughs> you know, you can work from your office stand, but uh, by the time we get back together on Friday, you know, tell me how we're going to get to the letter M, and then you know, hey Rob, so you're going to tackle N through Z, you know, for this, and then we'll get together, and oh no, this doesn't work. It's, you know, whatever, let's do this and let's do this. I, you know, again, I think multiple heads are probably better in one of those situations. Yeah. I agree because you have to, you have to set it up in a way that makes sense. And then you've got to make sure that there's the roadmap that everybody can follow. Then you've got to kind of proofread and go, no, seriously, we got to make sure that every person, every fan could actually follow it if they had to kind of thing. So you got to be really specific, and it it can sometimes be unnerving. What? So I don't know if I necessarily need every fan to follow it, but I need I need for it to be I don't need it to be so convoluted that nobody can follow. Mm-hmm. You know, because again, you're 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 not a fan of Jade Cargill. Yes, I am. Well, now, but <laughs> before you were, right? Yeah. So if I'm if I'm setting everything up for her, I'm not so much really worried about you at that time because mm-hmm. you're not a fan. So I, eventually, we'll figure out the hook to get you hooked. 
You know what I'm saying? But for what I'm doing with her today, I may not necessarily be worried about you, but I'm worried about her fans, her, her, you know, dedicated fans. And then eventually maybe I get lucky and I get a hook and it hooks you in and you become a fan. But then at the end of the day, I'm not really, I'm not worried about everybody because not everybody's there to see everybody. Right. So some of them are, you know, small time players. Some of them are medium players. Some of them are big time players. But, you know, not everybody walking the arena is going to be a fan of everybody. So. So as we head into next week, next Wednesday, we don't have a lot on the card yet, but we've got a few things. Uh, here's what we have so far. We've got Chris Jericho defending his championship his Ring of Honor championship against a mystery opponent. I'm 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 calling Jerry Lynn. So Jerry Lynn took a pile driver on the stage. Uh, was that last week or the week before? Mm, might have been the week before. So that's a possibility. Depending on his back, I'd be curious to see how it goes. In any wrestling world, this would be a dream match: Jerry Lynn and Chris Jericho. So and hey, Drunk Uncle Jericho tends to to polish off great match after great match when you don't expect them to. So this could be a good one. Um, and I got to, Oh, look at this more, more matches on here. Of course, Marina Shafir challenging Jade Cargill. Um, I, for one, am looking forward to this match. And I think Shafir will pull out another great performance out of Jade. Um, and here's to hoping that it, that it does good numbers uh, ratings wise. Soraya and Britt Baker are going to have a sit down with Renee Paquette in the middle. Good to see Renee uh, All Elite. The All-Atlantic Championship is being defended. Now, this is where it gets a little interesting. Orange Cassidy defending his title against Luchasaurus and Ray Phoenix. I'm really glad to see Orange Cassidy with the title. I think it makes good sense to have him with the title like the All-Atlantic one or even the TNT eventually. But I could see especially with the build they've been doing, Luchasaurus winning the title. I could also see Ray Phoenix catching the title because of just how damn good he is. Uh, yeah, but it ain't going to happen. Orange will hold it. He's going to keep inserting himself in the singles matches. Yeah. Just like he's done the last two weeks. I love that he carries it in a backpack. Hey, guys, uh, see what I won this week? <laughs> Yeah, now, now I, I have no clue, like, I really have no clue how last week started with Roosh and uh, uh, Preston Vance, mm-hmm. but I can see that continuing, especially after uh, this week. I want to see Roosh and Orange Cassidy one-on-one. I want to see that match, because, I mean, Roosh is great anyway, and Orange Ooh. Cassidy just gets better. I just thought about that. He was, was he ROH champ? Roosh. As was Bandito. But he's already Ooh. beaten Bandito. Yeah, but has he beaten Jericho? Mm. Damn. I don't know. I don't. Well, he hasn't faced Jericho before, so Roosh against Jericho could be good. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah. Now you know, you know Tony's listening right now. He's been 
He's crossed Jerry Lynn off the list. He's like, them some of my bitches. Yeah. Bruce yeah. was probably number two. He's like, God damn it. Well, that, that probably means it's going to be Christopher Daniels. <laughs> uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. I mean, I don't, I don't know if this is when we're, we're going to see Jericho lose to anyone. No, um, I, I think, unfortunately, I think you're right. I think Jericho, as champion, continues for as long as they need him to be to kill, to till Ring of Honors on a weekly TV show. Yeah. Well, Which yeah, I mean, you could, it's you disappointing, could see that. But it makes sense. No, you could see that the pay-per-view, depending on who he is. I mean, I still hold out hope that we'll get Nigel McGuinness back. He he claims as when he retired that he could still wrestle. He just chose not to. Now, in his in his bio in his biography, it was really because of how, frankly, um, I'm going to word this as carefully as possible, how careless some promoters had gotten in regards to um, how they handled like chair shots of the head and. You know, just blood tests and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be cool. Uh, so let's see. Uh, Darby Allen's going up against Jay Lethal. That's going to be a good one. I'm, I'm positive of that one. That one's going to be really good. Um, I hope Darby Allen goes out. So yeah, kind of me too. So part of me wants to see Darby not just. You can't have him win all the time. Sooner or later, he's got to lose, and it doesn't have to be like stretcher him out, but. You gotta, I don't know. It's gotta make sense, and that's what I—that's what I think. Well, so he did make mention not too long ago in an interview that sometimes it's good for people to be injured, right? Right. TV, you know, whatever. So maybe that was a little fore, foreshadowing for this week. Maybe. Maybe. And then the main event appears to be Mox against Lee Moriarty. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Big shenanigans. I think we're (laughs) going to see the continued build of MJF as the top good guy with Mox. Mm -hmm. Um, By the way, and this is where we were talking about it early in the show, and we'll close out with this segment here. I feel like regardless of what direction you go with MJF right now, it's the right one. The fans love him so much that if you're just naturally letting the organic face turn happen, I think that's smart. I think you don't have to have it last long. Just long enough for him to get the title and then let him be a prick the next night. Um, unfortunately, I think it's a work mm-hmm. with um, the firm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... I think um, you'll probably get a tag team match. So you heard it here first. Let me put a little seltzer on this. You know what I'm saying? If you get the pun there. I I get Uh, it. I get it. I'm picking up what you're putting down. So before the week before the pay-per-view, you're going to get a tag team match. Mm -hmm. MJF and Mox versus, you know, two of the firm. Mm-hmm. And something tells me at the end of the match, MJF's going to knock Mox out. I think you're probably right. 
I think we're probably going to see that, or we'll see, you know, them push the full, full baby face routine through to full gear, and then at full gear we'll see MJF and the firm realign. We'll put it that way. Because I don't know. I mean, MJF got the crap knocked out of him this past week. That's the reason I think maybe they're going full babyface with him. But again, what better better ploy to do than to just obliterate MJF? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And maybe MJF is the guy that said, hey, I knew I had to take a beating, but I said I was going to earn it, so I did it the right way, quote unquote. Mm. And then he yeah, maybe and, even repeats and, the same quote, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled. Right. Now, what's interesting is he still has that stupid chip. Mm-hmm. Because was that really a cash-in? Well, yeah, he did cash it in for... He said he said he was cashing it in for that shot. Okay. All right, so I guess the chip's out of play now. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, this is MJF, mm-hmm. right? The The... The thing you got to remember is we know MJF as a heel and how the audience responds. Right. But you don't know MJF as a face and how the audience responds. Mm-hmm. So that could ultimately backfire. And the smart thing to do right now would be to play it like you did with Austin and the rock. Right. Where they're still technically bad guys, but they're just great, good, bad guys. Yeah. Bad guys that people just happen to love. Yes. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, when you look at where this storyline seems to be going for MJF, I mean, unless they pull off a masterful double turn, which you could do it, I mean, Mox is that versatile, and I think MJF could pull off the the baby face. I just don't think it would happen very long. I think he's just better as the bad guy, and, and I, I like him better as the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that he's as popular as he is because it means mm-hmm. that he was right the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and, and what better feather in a cap, regardless of what company works at. I, I said I was the biggest ratings draw. I said I was the most popular, and look what happened. Yeah, well... I mean, again, so we know what brought us here, mm-hmm. but we don't know what would happen if if she became the dream girl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, I mean, sure, maybe you're testing the waters, but I think it's way too soon to do that. I mean, look at how long it took Flair to really to really be that great of a bad guy that the whole arena cheered for him. Mm -hmm. Right. Now he had fans, but I mean, this guy, like the whole arena is cheering for him pretty quick in his AEW career. Yeah. Whereas it took flair a while, but even when flair was getting cheered, he was a bad guy. He was one of the best in the business. And they, the horsemen were doing very ruthless stuff, but they were over. The NWO, same thing. Um, they were just so good at being bad guys that everybody loved them. 
and but at the same breath, you don't necessarily have to turn somebody's face mm-hmm. because everybody loves them. Just let them be a bad guy. Let them be a better bad guy. Let them be, you know. And at the end of the day, you're still selling merch. You're still selling. You're putting butts in the seats. And I really don't think you need to flip him at all. I mean, like, I mean, you're really, in order for him to be, like, really great as a good guy, you're going to have to find another bad guy that can go toe-to-toe with him on the mic. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, that that's a really good point. I mean, you're going to have to find somebody that can make it worth your time. Yeah, you're going to have to find somebody that's just going to piss the crowd off worse than MJF does. I mean, and who's going to out, out son of a bitch MJF? <laughs> I mean, really, maybe Jericho. But right now, I don't think Jericho is at that level. Mm-mm. Which seems weird, but I just think that maybe he's winding it down. Yeah, but I, I think even Jericho just gets booed because they're like, this is dumb. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Not that, not that he could go. Yeah, it, it, it would be an organ. It would be like Roman Reigns. Like, no, we're not putting up with this shit. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> right, right. Get him out of here. So, again, this is, it's kind of like Cena. Cena was so good at being a face that eventually the crowd t- tried to turn him. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, he stuck to his guns. I think he should have went heel, like full on heel. Yeah. Like, that would have been good. Yeah, the heeliest of the heeliest. (laughs) But he stuck to his guns. But, I mean, again, we we said it before. Half of them booed him because they organically hated him. And half of them booed him because they they were trying to flip him. Yep. It was a cool thing to do. To say John Cena sucks. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I hope they don't try and, I hope it's a ploy. I hope the the whole firm thing is a a trick. Well, I think uh, I think we'll find out here in a couple of days, and when we come back uh, next week, next Monday, we'll be able to talk all about it, including, uh, hey, maybe there'll be more Usi stuff. Who knows? Catch up with uh, Rob at Rob Hefner C two C on Twitter, and the show is at C two C Radio Show and C two C Radio Show dot com. You can catch up with Brian at Vlad Dragul C two C, and catch up with me at Stan Grub everywhere. And uh, hey, we'll see you next week right here on Corner to Corner. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week, everybody. That music over. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 